Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Upwards of two laughs for you tonight. <laughs> be good. That was the first one. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Welcome to the show. We have two great shows for you tonight. Yes. Yes. Keep that enthusiasm. Drunk Women Solving Crime is a podcast. Give us a cheer if you've listened to the podcast. Wow. Congratulations. You are geniuses. Uh, give us a cheer if you've never listened. You just took a chance. Yeah. Congratulations, you're about to become geniuses. Because uh, I don't mean to flex, but the people that listen to us seem to be the best people in the world. So, uh, yes, yes. You're in Scientific great company. Effect. I'm going to sit down now. I don't know, actually, kind of, kind of like grandstanding. Let's <laughs> see how I feel if I sit down. I feel less important. <laughs> I'm going to stand back up. Um, so, okay, well, now I've got to stand up. <laughs> Okay. Oh, fuck that. I'm tired. I had to walk all the way (laughs) from back there up to here. Look how high that step is. That was a whole step aerobics workout. Just one step. Well done, Taylor. Thank you. Um, So we talk about true crime on this podcast. People said there's nothing funny about true crime. We said, give the true crime to us. Um, That's actually a Sam Kinison line, but he wasn't saying it about true crime. So I would like to introduce my panel of detectives. Uh, First of all, myself, obviously. 
I'm hosting this one. My name's Katie Wilkins. Thank you. I have here, of course, Taylor Glenn. AKA Detective Asshole. Fun fact, Taylor actually gave herself that nickname. Uh, so she is a self-aware. I'm just being honest. I'm self-actualized. I know who I am and I know what I'm not. And I am an asshole. <laughs> Are you well? I'm very well, thank okay. you. Fab. Very well, thank you. And I, of course, I have as well with me today Hannah George, aka Detective Buttstuff. And I gotta say, I feel like Hannah might regret that nickname almost as much as she regret. No. <laughs> no, that would be a terrible way to start the night, or would it? No. So, uh, oh, also yeah. a self-given name. Yeah, and isn't it sad when you have to give yourself a nickname? <laughs> Ever so sad. I know. Or it's cool. They call me cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh, also, people that have never listened, in a moment, um, all the people that have listened are going to shout of Lyme, and you're going to be like, what the hell is going on? But just go with it. I've given you a heads up. Join in. It's a bit of fun. So in one moment, I'm going to bring on our fantastic guest, our extra detective for the night. But... Before I do that, I just want to let you know that Drunk Women Solving Crime is a place where Pina Colada meets Penile Colony. Oh. Yes. It's where Uzo meets the Unabomber. <laughs> Sorry. And it's no. where Razzmopolitan <laughs> meets Restorative Justice. It's a true crime podcast with a twist. Yay! And now, will you please put your hands together and welcome our fantastic guest, comedian Fatia El Ghori! Fatia! Come on! Welcome! Welcome to the stage! Hello! Hello! How are you? Hello. I'm okay. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> It's all right. I feel so shy. Aww. Are you worried what your nickname's going to be? I am. Um, I'm like, what are these bitches going to call me? <laughs> <laughs> they, norm they normally happen organically. Is there anything stand out about you you think could be a contender? What about Detective Hijab? Ooh, okay. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you gave that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Detective Hijab, we can, yes. we can work with that. <laughs> right, we have one question for you, Fatia. Yeah. Have you ever... Oh, sorry, Detective Hijab. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been the victim of a crime? Loads of times. Oh, my God. I'm from Hackney. It's inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, loads of times. What's happened? What? Just loads of... Sh mm, yeah, okay, so one, uh, so one time when I was, like, 15, we moved into this new house. Yeah. And then there was, like... Was it was in a block of flats, and then there was, like, you know, these curtain twitchers? Yeah? Oh, yeah. I'm a curtain twitcher as well, but this was a bad curtain twitcher. <laughs> you know those old people, like, you walk on the wrong side of the fucking landing, and they're calling the old bill, like... <laughs> kind of shit yeah so then like yeah and so so I came home from I was in a school uniform I came yeah. home from school and then like um my mum wasn't in so I put my hand in the letterbox that's yeah. was when that's how long ago because you could do that then you can't do it now but yeah and then I put my hand in I was trying to unlock it and then the fucking two police officers come up the landing and they're like what are you doing um get your hand out of there I was like I live here I'm locked I'm locked out like I'm trying to get back in yeah. and they're like yeah we've heard that one before darling oh. 
Oh. I'm like, I ain't your darling dickhead. Yeah, <laughs> this is my house. This is my, oh my house. God. Honestly, and then so they, I, I caught, they like, I got my hand out, and then they were gonna arrest me, and then my mum turns up, and I'm like, mum, mum, tell them, tell them, and she's like, Fatiha, what did you do? And I was like, couldn't <laughs> like straight away thought it was my fault, and then they were like, um, yeah, and I was like, mum, I didn't do anything. I was trying to get into the flat, and then she was going to them. Yes, take her away. She very naughty. Oh my God. Very. <laughs> And then she was going, I'm tired and sick of her. I was like, actually, <laughs> actually, it's sick and tired. <laughs> so, yeah, and then, yeah, she was proper. She was like, yes, just take care, take care. Wow. When you, can you, two weeks, maybe one week, you know? I was like, no, bruv. And then, like, eventually, you're like, they let me go, but, like... Wow. Oh. I know, I was going to go and shit on that woman's door, yeah. <laughs> But, like, seriously, for, like, grassing me up. But, like, I thought she'd fucking call the police again, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, like, yeah. Oh, my God. Nightmare. Wow. I love supportive parent stories, though. They're my favourite. How long can you have her? She's the worst. I'm telling you that my mum just, yeah. We always ask on this podcast, too, like, what would you say to the perpetrator now? But is the perpetrator your mum? <laughs> she was kind of trying to get you taken away under false pretenses. <laughs> I, don't, I think now I would just say don't try to break into your own house. Okay, <laughs> no, that's, that's good. That's yeah. a good... Yeah. That's yeah. Actually, my next-door neighbour came out, knocked on my door the other day, and she was like, can I borrow some olive oil and a coat hanger? <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I don't want, yeah, I don't want to fucking ask what you're up to. Don't yeah. ask. She locked herself out, and uh -huh. our doors have those sort of doors... That and she hang. was making homemade pasta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, because you said that you can't do it anymore with your hands. Yeah. Thing. Obviously, because you don't have a child's arm anymore. Yeah. But well, a little bit of olive oil and a coat hanger, because the coat hanger could go over the thing and you could oh, and pull, pull it, it down, down over the door. And then you could do it. And it, we just, it took her about 45 minutes, but me and Toby just sat there the whole time going, I think she's got it. I think she's got it. Wow. And, then, and then she did it, and we all just went, Whoa! with your neighbours and then so the olive oil was just a lubricant it was just for her I feel like you could ask for a cheaper lube <laughs> than olive oil you know in these times and then I ask my neighbour and go do you want strawberry or seriously like oh I'm sorry watermelon actually is that extra virgin no I can't use that this has been way too processed <laughs> But, you know, that's quite, like, a, a thoughtful way. You know, like, I'm a bit rough. I'm like, if something don't open, I'm just, like, booting it in, <laughs> like, punching it. Like, I go mad. Like, honestly, if a bottle won't open, I'll just smash the head of it. <laughs> and shit, like, I'm, I ain't got patience for that, man. I'm like, yeah, let's just do this the rough way. Let's just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 45 minutes, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> but can I ask, was it... Uh, besides the child's arm thing, did they used to make the letterboxes bigger so it was easier to do that? And then they were like, wait. People used to write really long letters back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but the letterboxes as well, they used to be closer to the lock. They used to be like on one okay. line. Now you get letterboxes that are like on the floor. Sure, sure. Or, or like you said, quite small anyway. Or okay. some doors that I don't have a letterbox on my door. That's because I live under a bridge. I'm a troll. <laughs> I'm a troll. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, my area's proper rough. Like I live in a nice 
bit like a nice uh, flat, but like if you Google it, it looks like a fucking tramp place. That's what it looks like. <laughs> it really does. It is a tramp place. But um, <laughs> do they just ball up your mail and throw it at you? <laughs> Run! <laughs> We've got like letterboxes downstairs in the okay. block, which is a nightmare because everything gets stolen and then your identity. But nobody ever oh. steals my identity. <laughs> they, everyone that's called like, yeah, my name's Peter Smith Roland. Those are the kind of people that get their identity stolen because they have money in it. I ain't got shit, bruv. So <laughs> they don't come for me. So I never get robbed. So <laughs> main, actually, it's because I'm doing the robbing. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> That's sufficient if any lawyers are listening. That's... Remember, I've got a hard punch, so don't fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, do you want to switch seats? Or... <laughs> no, that is another good life hack. Don't mess with someone with a hard punch. Yeah. Don't break into your own house. I think. We're... And maybe know your neighbours so that you don't have to call the fucking cops on a 15-year-old. Whose mother yeah. wants her in jail. <laughs> yeah. All right, listen up, knuckleheads. Are we ready for a true crime case? Yeah. All right, all right. Now, I will tell you, before we get properly into this, in this case, something unprecedented happens. So uh, look out for that. That'll be, that'll be coming that like up. like Hillary Clinton? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, no, but no, because she's always on. Is, 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 well, you, you that know. was that was actually very good. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. I'm still upset about it, but it's nice to joke about it now. Isn't it? Yeah, is it helping your healing process? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Five years later, I'll make a joke on a podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but sorry for derailing you with a spectacular gag. With, Carry yeah. on. <laughs> you keep them coming. <laughs> Uh, so something unprecedented happened, so just something to look out for. Oh, excited. Um, so I'm going to start this case with a 52-year-old man. That is not unprecedented. That's so far oh. so sexy. Yeah. Okay. The 52-year-old man, and he is named William Herbert Wallace. Um, yeah, some of you might know this case. Freedom? <laughs> no, different... No, I thought that as well. Different like, William Wallace? Is this fucking Mel Gibson oh, that you're trying to describe? Not Mel Gibson, no, no, no. It's not that Scottish guy with the freedom... How this. much less badass does he sound when you give him a middle name? That's what I was saying. <laughs> William Hubert Wallace. <laughs> yeah. I'm Half right. of my face is blue. Like, this guy has to be, like, second named so that no one makes that confusion. William Herbert Wallace, okay. Yeah, okay, so he's not Braveheart. Okay. Uh, now, he receives a mysterious phone call. Uh, that's still not the unprecedented bit. We'll get to that. Okay, so I have two questions for you now. Uh, question one, what is the message... So what does the message from the phone call tell him to do? And question two, what year do we think this is? Does it tell him to eat shit? All right, we have eat shit from Detective Butster. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. What's never been said on the phone before? This isn't the unprecedented. Damn it. I mean, <laughs> that's good because we could be here for 20 minutes as I try to think of the answer. Does it say, get out of the house? There's someone in there, no time to explain. Oh, lovely. Very mysterious. Okay. Um, what about something like uh, nine o'clock sharp? Ooh, again, yeah, love it. Okay, and from his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Stop being late, William. Do you guys want to guess the year or shall I just... Oh, what year is it? 
Well, you got telephones. We got, got, tele- telephones. got telephones, mate. Yeah. 2001. 2001. So that we didn't have picture ones by then, I don't think. No, I don't think we did. Yeah, so I think it's fun if you don't have pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, cause if someone's like, it's me, if I go, with, oh, it's fattier, you're going to be like, show, send me a pic. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Whereas now you can't. There's way less proof. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, that right. was funny, wasn't it, guys? Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good to show you're working as well. <laughs> I've got a story about a mobile phone. Oh, yeah. Can I, am I able to share it? Yeah, go on. Please. So, let me tell you about me being a detective. Okay? <laughs> so, my cousin is a bitch, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> It's a great start to any story. <laughs> I swear, Dan. So anyway, she's in Morocco, yeah. Oh, I'm Moroccan, by the way. This ain't a costume. Just <laughs> the people listening are like, what is this? What chaos have we gotten into? Um, <laughs> all right, so basically, I was getting these hate messages on my phone from a number in Morocco. Wow. Right? And I did, and it was on WhatsApp. And you know when you go into, like, the WhatsApp details and you can get, like, how long they've been on WhatsApp and they have a little message yeah. and all that shit? So I went no, to the girl. but now I do. Girl. Thank you. I'll teach you in the break. Keep going. <laughs> the name that she gave was not... So basically, she gave me a different name. I went into that, and I saw her name. And she's the only person I know by that name. Right. I asked my aunt, I said, is this her phone number? My aunt goes to me, no. I said, why are you lying, bruv? Like, it is, she's the only... <laughs> honestly, she's the only one that I know. A few days later, I get messages from a different number, yeah. but in Morocco, and I do the same thing. And the girl's name, um, I Google it. Not yeah. Google it, I put it into Instagram. Yeah. It comes up. She's from my town in Morocco, but the account is private. Wow. So I sent her a friend request. Within minutes, she accepted. I went into it. Bang, bang, bang. Her, my cousin. Bang, bang, bang. Her, wow. my cousin. Screenshot the Ooh. whole motherfucking thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then I text my aunt again. I was like, listen, bitch. Um, <laughs> like, don't nice. make me have to get a ticket and come down there. And, yeah. she was, and, she was, and I was going, this is from your daughter and her friend. Yeah. And she was going, no, I don't know that girl. I was like, how about now? <laughs> And I was sending these screenshots, and that was it. I said to a look. Amazing. And I goes to a look. I said, there's this thing in Morocco we say. I said, don't ever let your shadow darken my door, bruv. Ooh. I said, we may be blood, but you will taste blood in your mouth, bruv. Wow. Yeah. Now, my mum got well angry, innit? She was like... (laughs) She was like calling me going, why are you trying to break up the family? I was like, what? She messaged me first. Yeah, so anyway, she I'm a detective. So I'm a real detective. You are, so man. The FBI yeah. need you. Wow, That's good brilliant. work. I think you should just give this to me now. Yeah. <laughs> I think you have I won mean, this. I mean, it might, I'm going to pour it out and put water in there, but like, <laughs> still. <laughs> Fair enough. That was good solving. <laughs> yeah, see. Okay. I just want you to know that's what's yeah. going to come, so, so I'm going to win. So phones were more fun without photos, okay. but you couldn't solve a crime as easily. No, that's mm. true. It's something to think about. All right, so do you guys, do you think 2001, earlier, later? 1921. 1921. Hannah George. <laughs> <laughs> For the people. Listen to the podcast? Yeah, who don't listen to the podcast are like, what the fuck? Everybody say the year together. One, two, three. Nine. I'd like to say 1913. She, she always says... <laughs> it's the Can't make me do shit, people. She's obsessed with Titanic. Um, I bet you're the closest, though. All right. The year is 1931. I bet I'm the closest, though. 
Yeah, you are. You idiots! <laughs> what do you make me do? Okay, so. <laughs> Played them like a fiddle. <laughs> this phone call, it's 1931, it doesn't come to his house. Uh, he goes to the Liverpool Chess Club on a Monday night in January. Wait, what did they tell him to do? I'm getting to that. Oh, bit. I'm sorry. Oh, no, wait, actually. I'm so no. sorry. Okay, I can tell you. It, t- it told him to go somewhere. Okay. Was but it to the Liverpool... Blah, blah, blah. The, no, I, heard so, the, okay. I heard the Liverpool so, Chest Club. And I kind of like... <laughs> it's oh, either like lots of voluptuous women. <laughs> scouse. <laughs> scouse no, women. It's, it's a real chess... Look, people make jokes about people that play chess, but I was in chess club at school. So chess it's, club! It's so oh, Hannah played cool. chess as well, but she heard chest club. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Which was the only club I was in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to play chess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know why well, he's doing the one with the knights and the bishops and the king and the queen and the pawns. <laughs> oh, you're selling it to us. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he, he basically, he's a member of the chess club. He goes there on his Monday night and there's a phone call at the chess club, mysterious phone call for him. Oh. Uh, it goes, phone call for Mr. William Herbert Wallace. And the person, the message... Actually, he doesn't speak to the person. Somebody rings. They leave a message for him. And the message is for him to go somewhere. Um, So uh, he's handed this message. The message was left 25 minutes before he got there. Um, And it requested that he call round to an address at 25 Men Love Gardens East. (laughs) So I knew we were going to need a moment to just acknowledge (laughs) that there's an address called Men Love Gardens East. Um, it's beautiful. Uh, now it's called Soho, Compton Square. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had to rename it. Uh, but no, I don't know. Maybe they're just really trying to encourage gardening. I don't know. Oh, that's lovely. What's, uh, what's going on there? So he is requested to go there at 7:30 p.m. the following evening on the 20th to discuss insurance with a man who gave his name as R. M. Qualtro. Um, now I'm just going to quickly give you some facts that may or may not be significant. Uh, Fact number one, Wallace's job was collecting insurance for Prudential. So far, so sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for the insurance company in Liverpool, but he supplemented that with a job lecturing part-time in chemistry at Liverpool Technical College. He, yes, he is happily married to his... Did we just get a cheer for Technical College? (laughs) No, we need more cheers for Technical Colleges. Uh, And he's happily married to his wife, Julia. She's a bit older than him, and they don't have any kids. Oh, and also, he only has one kidney. He has some kind of illness where he keeps getting in sort of infections, and he's... Yeah, oh, I know, right? No, I actually... It's chlamydia. It's not chlamydia. It has. I wrote down what it's called, but it's not on this page. But so he's got. This, he's got a recurring kidney complaint. Uh, so he follows the instructions of the note and he heads out at 7:30 the next day as requested. And he assumes it's to do with collecting insurance. Question: What does he find when he gets to this? So place? okay, an insurance guy. Yeah, has left a message for him. To come, and the insurance guy is William Hubert well, Wallace. No. So, okay. I will... I will I'm re- not going to do I well I will just really one. quickly recap. An unknown person yeah. has requested the presence of insurance man William Herbert Wallace... Oh, I see. ...at a strange location. Okay. Okay. And he... Right. But why have, they, why have they called the chess club to tell them? Because they knew that's where there weren't many phones in 1931. So you had to just, like... That is a bit odd. Yeah, oh. no, which I, you know, ooh. 
But there was a lot of like curtain twitchers back then. <laughs> was it? Seriously, people in Morocco, it's even now, if you go to the corner shop and you go, oh, do you know this girl with blonde hair? They'll know everything. They'll go, yeah, she's got two brothers, one sister. She goes Tesco on a Tuesday. Her favourite pasta is rigatoni or whatever the fuck it's called. Like, honestly, that's what they, pl- I swear down. And it was like that in the 1920s. Yeah, it? yeah. Well, everybody See? knew everyone's business. Super nosy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So, so what do you think he finds when he gets there? A dead body. Dead body. Love it. Any advance on dead body? Three dead bodies. (laughs) Love it. 1912. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand the game. No, I do. I reckon, yeah, I mean, because obviously a crime is going to happen. So I reckon maybe there's a crime in progress. So something is happening and they're going to frame him for it. Because they're like, if we, you know, if we call... Ooh. All right, right. I, I like... He's desperate for business, and they're like, "Old William will show up trying to peddle his prudential wares." All right, <laughs> but we'll have a crime Sorry. and pre- it's how everybody talked to the in the thirties. Everyone, <laughs> I can tell you now, Hannah George, you're the closest. Ooh. Hold, hold your hold your little thoughts there. Name of your sex uh, team. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, what he finds initially is that it does not exist. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, someone's made it up to be funny. Like, it's like Bart Simpson made this phone call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, there is a Men Love Gardens North, there's a Men Love Gardens South, there's a Men Love Gardens West. But that wasn't no the bit I thought they were making <laughs> up, to be honest. <laughs> Let's tell him it's East. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> I know. Um, so he, he actually calls in at 25 Men Love Gardens West. This is the most I've ever said, Men Love Gardens. <laughs> um, and he asked several passers-by in the neighbourhood for directions, but to no avail. And in addition to that, he spoke to a policeman on his beat, uh, and he made inquiries at a nearby newsagent. But no one can help him find this address, and no one's heard of this Qualtro guy oh in the neighbourhood. So he's properly... Gwyneth Qualtro. <laughs> Sorry, that's all I can think of. He didn't Knocking hit that man on my skis. Yeah. <laughs> so he... I just, her mouth is just a meme, isn't it? I mean, I'm on shit, because I cannot believe how excited everybody gets about court cases, but I just keep seeing, like, mm, just her mouth. She's such a mean... Have you been watching that? She's such a mean girl. I haven't watched any of it, should She's I? She's, like, really, like, snooty to the... The, the, the lawyer person I'm that's stunned. yelling at her. I'm just stunned. Yeah. And appalled. She's very smug. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so uh, he searches 45 minutes. He goes back home. Question, what does he find when he gets back home? Three bodies. <laughs> I'm determined for three bodies to show up. <laughs> Name of my sex tape. No. <laughs> no. I like your thought of thinking, so I'm going to say it before you do. Ha ha! <laughs> I am the real villain here. No, um, <laughs> I think maybe he find. Actually, he's not going to find anything. Okay. It's going to be all normal, right? But something doesn't feel right. Ooh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Just a little men's intuition moment. <laughs> Something's been moved. Ooh, that could be quite. Yeah, like the clock is just two minutes off from where it was, and his socks are in a different drawer. That's just living with me. Like, (laughs) 
then put anything back where it's supposed to be. It's like someone fucking with him and there's like a giant chess set in his garden. <laughs> like one of those ones. Like, yeah, yeah, they needed him out of the way for a present. Yeah, and they're just like, wait Surprise! until he sees it. <laughs> it's not that happy. Oh. Um, have, have you, oh, sorry, I'm giving clues. Have, has everybody, have you ever answered Taylor? Yeah. Is it a I, tiny little chess set? I shouted three bodies. Oh, yeah, all right. And you've, right, chess set, three bodies, and something. Just the feeling of saying the not feeling being of right. That's right. Yeah. I feel like okay. we're all right, in a way. Um, you feel like we better be right, because yes. <laughs> there's some steps behind you, and I don't want you to have an accident. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, well, look, I'm the chief of police, and I'm not above corruption. So, yeah, police, so no. Uh, <laughs> no, so, he, you are, I'm afraid, not all quite right. Uh, but something is different. Uh, so basically, he, he finds it difficult to get into his house. Both his front door and his back no door. No olive oil. Classic. <laughs> he doesn't it? He's got no olive oil. Uh, no, he bumps into his neighbours, John and Florence Johnston, who are heading out for the evening, and they see him in the alleyway between the terraced houses, and he tells them he can't get into his house through either the front or the back door. So they go with him to tr- help him try the back door again, but this time the back door does open. Uh-oh. And when he gets inside, Ooh. he finds... Okay, yeah, it's a true crime podcast. I'm just going to rip this band-aid off now. He finds that his wife has been brutally murdered. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know he was married. Oh no, he he has a wife. <laughs> like all all the clues were not there. <laughs> he likes yeah. chess. He's an insurance did, man. When I gave you my list of facts. Point. I did say he was happily married. Um, <laughs> oh, that's awful. Yeah. Do you um, know? Um, I just wanted to say, you know, like about having problems getting in your f- the front door and yeah. stuff like that. Like, sometimes my neighbours really piss me off, yeah? Yeah. Because they make too much noise. So one of these days, I'm going to put super glue in their keyhole. Uh-huh. Like, okay. legit going to fuck them properly, bro. <laughs> like, serious. Anyway, I just thought I'd share that for when it does happen. The police right. can listen to this. <laughs> yeah, confession tape. Yeah. You would um, never say it on a true crime podcast if you were going to do it. <laughs> Right? Exactly. <laughs> nice. No. Super glue, the opposite of olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they sell it. <laughs> that's the tagline. <laughs> yeah. Looking for something that's like the opposite of olive oil. Drunk women solving crime. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is obviously very sad. I know, that's why um, I made that joke why, about glue. It's going to be a lot of olive oil jokes for the next 20 minutes. Um, olive oil was Popeye's wife. <laughs> <laughs> So, Springs it back, doesn't it? Sorry, this is very serious. So if he couldn't get in, that means the murderer is in the house, I right? think it does mean that. But okay. So, yeah, let's see what the police... Now, that's right, I blew it wide open. The 
Wallace is in the frame for this, but it starts off very friendly. The police, he's kind of just giving like voluntary statements, uh, but the police have no other leads. Uh, so they start um, taking him much more seriously as a suspect. And they work out that which telephone box the message came from. And it happens to be one that's like 400 yards or 370 meters from his home. Um, and the, but the person that took the message is certain that it wasn't Wallace. But the police are basically starting to think that Wallace and Qualtro are the same person. Oh, so he'd rung his own chess club. Yes. Because it did come 25 minutes before he got there. Yes. Because I was thinking, wait until chess club starts. Then make the phone call. I'm thinking about this phone call too much, but okay. Yeah, yeah, but then again, if you were trying to set someone up, all this stuff. So they start to, they really like him for this crime, basically. So they start trying to kind of make the evidence fit him, even though it sort of doesn't. Okay. So basically, they, they had this argument that he would have been able to do both, like get the tram, race back, kill his wife, blah, blah, blah. So Men really can have it all. <laughs> <laughs> so they do this thing where they get this really fit young cop to go through the motions of, like, the crime and then sprint to the tram and, like, which, as a 52-year-old oh, okay. man with one kidney, he would not have been able to do. Right. Um, and then uh, they start fudging the time of death. So it was originally thought to be 8 p.m., uh, but they changed this assessment to 6 p.m. because they really wanted to fit him. But my question now is, what crucial thing undermines 6 p.m. as the time of murder theory? Oh. What, uh, oh. It depends what time he was... What time was he told to go to... Um, 7.30. Seven th- so they're saying that he killed her and then, then went to Men Love... Gardens. Gardens. <laughs> and then <laughs> east. <laughs> and then came back. Yeah. Uh, what else happens at six o'clock in the 1930s? <laughs> was it like... A radio programme. Yeah. Was he waiting for Hancock's half hour? I don't know how old that is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what... Was it the neighbours, the two people... Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it, have they got anything to do with it? No? Do like, you know what? Was there a noise at 6pm... Do you know what? Church or mass or something. Yeah. Uh, Fatia, Radio church. Fatia is the closest. Thank you. Um, what happens <laughs> is there's a milk boy witness uh, that spoke to Mrs. Wallace on her doorstep uh, after 6.30. Oh. So that. Oh, that's the last time yeah. she was Yeah, so the seen. time of death can't be 6. Fine. Because okay. she was seen at 6.30. How has oh. this child never heard of zombies? <laughs> 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 Do you know, we used to get milkman coming. Sorry, I'm just digressing here, but <laughs> I've got a story about everything. Remember they used to bring the glass bottles to your door? And yeah. I, yeah, and the milkman used to always say to my dad, I've delivered four, but he only ever delivered three. My dad was like, listen, dickhead. Like, <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I know speaking English, but I know stupid, okay? <laughs> that sounded Spanish, innit? it? <laughs> And then my dad watched him one time and he watched him through the spy hole. And he saw him and my dad went out and battered him, bruv. (laughs) And he never done it again. Really? Yeah. Serious. I thought you were going to say and then caught him in the axe and got the... No, he actually battered him. Yeah, no. Where do you think I get all this violence from? It's from my dad. (laughs) Just kick the shit out of a milkman, huh? I see my dad chase these boys in his boxes in the snow, bruv. No shoes. It was snowing. You know when it used to snow here in the 80s, innit? And my dad, and they were playing knockdown ginger. My dad's in his boxes, bruv, running down the estate. 
Kind of you bastards! Well, he didn't. He said, your mother is a whore. And like running after, I'm barefoot, bruv. My wow. dad's a beast. Oh, I love that as well. I'm oh. not messing with any of your family. <laughs> also, all they'd done was knock down ginger. Yeah. Like, I mean, I understand for a pint of milk, fucking kill the guy. But like... <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so, so milk boy witness yeah. sounds credible. And then the forensics also don't support Wallace. So the it's quite a gory scene. And there's they said that whoever had done this would be contaminated... Uh, with blood and he, there's no blood on right, him whatsoever. Okay. So the, they just don't have anybody else to pin it on. They've got no one else to pin it on, and it's horrible. So they have to find someone. But murders are usually done by people. Yes, statistically, so, yeah. it will be somebody known to the victim. <laughs> <typically>, like, <laughs> I'm just. No, just yeah, someone did it. Someone did it. <laughs> I know. It could I be know him, you know. He just could be really well, clever. He could, exactly. Also, like, did he deal with life insurance? And did she have uh, Ooh, a robust policy that great. he had Ooh, yes. underwritten? Yeah, and yeah. that kidney bollocks, yeah, could all just be <laughs> his own story. Just and trying, to make, yeah, yeah, trying to get sympathy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a man's really like Usain fucking Bolt, bro. Do you know what I mean? Well, do you know we what? will take down this innocent man twice. Yes, <laughs> we will. You know, That's what we do. It's really... Oh, my God. Also, the first yeah. rule of chess club is kill your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> she gets in the way. We've like on it's really interesting we're having this discussion because this is all the stuff that got discussed at the time as well. It the was, first rule of chess club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were just seems terribly really shut violent. up about this rule of yeah. chess club. And do you know what Fatio's dad did? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the police loved all these stories. Uh, so basically, now, he, he ends up accused. He denies it. Prudential, Prudential, his company, back him, and they sponsor his defence. Nice. Um, but sponsor? My, they're like, yeah, brought to you by orange juice. I know. <laughs> they, like, they help pay for his lawyers or whatever. Gotcha. Um, so my question to you now is, does he get found guilty of this crime? I don't know, but it's nice to be a white man when your company's just like, we'll pay for it, <laughs> William, Billy, we gotcha. <laughs> That's quite a bold move by an insurance company. I feel, I don't know, I feel like this phone call's weird because, like, is he kind of trying to make it look like... It's too elaborate for me, but right. I feel like... Mm. Uh, but also, if you're going to try and frame him and you know that he's coming back to the house and he won't have blood on him and you've, you've done a murder scene where there's loads of blood, mm. I don't know who this other person is. But I, I think he is found guilty, but I don't personally think he did it. Which okay. I think is what matters. <laughs> In a All court right. of law. What does Hannah think? <laughs> She's uh, not convinced. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he did it. I think he okay. had a bitter chess rival. Ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. I think his wife was having an affair okay. with somebody from his work. Okay. And then... They were like, she was like, I'm going to leave him, I'm going to leave him. And then she said, no, I'm not going to leave him. And then he was like, bitch, what? Right. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bit... Uh, listen, I talk with my hands, all right? <laughs> <laughs> 
So do so, you think the lover killed her? Or the yes. Peak? So no, I the think man the she was having an affair with. Yes, and I think he's from his workplace. That's okay. why they're offering, they're trying to make themselves, because why Ooh. would you, if someone done something dodgy, yeah, yeah. Like if one of these two was dodgy, yeah. you'd take them off this <laughs> thing, innit? Would you want to distance yourself? This is it. Right, you wouldn't yeah. want to be like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll pay for your yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll double down. Yeah. yeah. So maybe they ha- they're doing that because they feel guilty. Interesting. Do you know, I love that, and we're going to circle back to that in a little bit, actually. That's, wow. That's the not just a pretty face, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> the no, thinking person's detective. <laughs> <laughs> so I will tell you now, he does get found guilty of this crime. Oh. And the, Liv- the Liverpool jury debates for an hour, and then he's sentenced to death. My next question oh, is... Oh, shit. Wait. Does the death sentence go ahead? Is my next no. question. No. 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 Why would you ask? Okay. <laughs> is it a no from you as well, honey? I think a man with one kidney is dead anyway. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I know nothing about kidneys. Um, sorry if you've only got one kidney. Uh, you've probably given it to your brother, and that's very, very good for you. But um, I, th- I think no. Okay. All right. Uh, you are all correct because something unprecedented happened. Yay! <laughs> Uh, so basically, um, in May 1931, the Court of Criminal Appeal quashed the verdict on the grounds that it cannot, cannot be supported having regard to the evidence. This is unprecedented in law because it meant that the jury was wrong in law. Um, and normally, uh, if there's no evidence... That's what um, I call my mother-in-law, my wrong-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> but so usually you Love have you, to have... just, just joking. You'd have to have an appeal brought against the judge for making a bad decision, or you'd have new evidence, so it was unprecedented for an appeals people to just be like, nah, come on, guys, he can't have done it, and just undo the verdict. My next question, actually, is, did any other person go down for this crime at the time? The milk boy. Milk boy? Yeah. Love it. He was... No, that's he, was the, he was the last person to see her alive. Yes. That's often also. And uh, he's probably like young and maybe not as rich and not as affluent get and good lawyers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. All that, so they'll blame it on him. Okay. So I was going to make a very dark joke that I might as well make. I was just picturing him completely covered in blood, like, yeah, I just chatted with her. She was fine. <laughs> Would you like some milk? <laughs> the only other person that we've heard from in this story is the neighbors. Yeah. So. The curtain twitcher. Maybe it was the, the neighbour. Mm. Yeah, okay. So no, no one else goes down for this crime and it's officially unsolved to this day. Oh. But I do have another suspect that I want to tell you about in a second. But first of all... Sorry, so he doesn't go... He, does he just go free? He's just acquitted? He goes, he goes free. Oh, I was going to ask you, do you think he's innocent, you guys? I feel like there's nothing has told us really that he did it. Yeah. If anything, he was out of the house when it happened. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I think he's guilty. You think there's something? Yeah. I, yeah. I just, yeah. Let's, I like bullying, so let's just <laughs> bully him. It's hard to call. Yeah, yeah. All right. This was really sensational, obviously, as well at the time. Um, that counted against him. And also, he was very calm and detached in court. Um, and that counted against him because it looked like he wasn't sad enough. And then, so loads of people were writing about this and his, de- his demeanour counted against him. But he's set free and he returns to work, but basically everyone hates him because they think that he did it. Um, so everyone in his neighbourhood um, thinks he did it and just got <laughs> like away with it. She's like, You're such Fuck sops. Off. You're like, oh, <laughs> man's a murderer, bruv. <laughs> I 
no. Well, so this is what literally, so he lost customers, he got hate mail and physical threats, he had to move house, um, and he had to take a clerical job at Prudential. He couldn't go out and collect insurance money anymore. Um, and he wrote actually. Not this, a clerical job. <laughs> this genuinely, like, so this is the saddest thing I will tell you apart from his wife's. Isn't thing. insurance a clerical job? <laughs> like, he has to do one of the boring jobs like at a, the insurance like a, company. Yeah, like, You're going to go from a desk to a desk. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. You've got a desk job. Um, he wrote private diaries about his anguish at the loss of his wife and whether they would be reunited in the afterlife. And he also wrote about who he suspected of the crime, who was oh. a former work colleague. Oh. We're going to oh. talk about this in a sec. But basically, he died <laughs> less than a year after the appeal. Of um, he, de he declined to have an operation that would have prolonged his life. So his kidney thing is uremia and pyelonephritis. That's what they called chlamydia in them days. <laughs> That's 1930. So there's one main suspect. Like, loads of people have written about this. Uh, like, P.D. James thinks this person did it. Uh, did so he write Fifty Shades of Grey? Wait, no, P.D. Who is P.D. James? Isn't that the murder? Didn't she write murder? I, I thought it was the Fifty Shades no, of Grey. No, that's E.L., I think. Does it matter? P.D. James writes crime. <laughs> anyway... Uh, this this guy called Jonathan Good no a guy called Jonathan Goodman wrote about no it. Jonathan Bad <laughs> <laughs> so when Wallace was ill and had all this kidney stuff he was off work um, and this younger colleague took over his beat collecting the money and I, mean, I heard bee collecting I'm just, like, <laughs> I'm just in a massive white suit it's not me <laughs> so this guy is called Richard Gordon Parry and he's variously described as rich, spoiled, having a lavish lifestyle and spending recklessly and he's 22 in 1931 he didn't pay in all the money he collected yes mm. he spent it on his lavish lifestyle and then he was in trouble and then his rich dad like paid it off um, but you is a Tory <laughs> so a Tory, definitely. Um, and it, the, he eventually like leaves the company like under a euphemistic cloud. But he's sort of sacked. But whatever. Now he does have an alibi for the time of the murder. Milk boy. His, his, <laughs> his then fiance. But after he dumps her, that's the worst alibi I've ever heard. What? You said his dead fiance? No, no, no. Sorry, his his then fiance. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> sure, sure, that's for me. Fine. Um, so, but so he's so his fiance is his alibi, and then he dumps her, and then she goes to the police and says, "By the way, that oh. was all made up. He wasn't with me because she's all pissed at him." Um, but I think it's way too late by then. So on the oh, also against because she's him. Dead. <laughs> On the night of the murder, Parry had visited a local garage where he's used a high-pressure hose to wash down his car, and a mechanic at the garage uh, had noticed something. Do you want to guess what the guy noticed? Was it a knife, a bloody knife? It wasn't a knife, but it was blood. It was that his gloves were soaked in blood. That feels suspicious. Yeah, but, but like, literally, he was in the frame, but because he had this alibi, they couldn't get him. Did they have pressure washers then? Evidently, oh, they did. You know, whatever counted as pressure in They just thought any any degree of pressure was it. pressure, though. They're like, just like from up there. Um, like, yeah, this is pressure. 
Um, but so basically the theory is as well that this guy, Parry, wanted to rob his wife. Like there'd be money that had been collected in his home and he wanted to rob it. Um. And it went wrong. Or possibly he just was a killer. But this guy only like died in 1980. He had talked oh, to yes. all the people okay. that have written about this since. One of them managed to interview him and he had loads of knowledge about the case. But he, like, wouldn't go on record, like, officially. But he seemed to, like, know <laughs> quite a lot about it. Um, so loads of people did suspect him. Yeah. Did William only suspect him after the trial and after the fact? Because surely he would have given his name to police. Did they not I... question him or do we not? Yeah, no. well, so he, he wrote in his private diaries that that's who he thought it was. I don't know if he would have said, what about this guy, to the police? And if maybe it didn't matter because the guy... I think you're allowed, like, if you kind of get acquitted, you're allowed once to go back to the police and go, what about this guy? (laughs) (laughs) That's like part of... Like the one phone call. Yeah. The one accusation. You're allowed to just, like, dob someone else in. Yeah. If I ruled the world. (laughs) That's that's the exchange. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I will leave you with, on this case with a quote from Raymond Chandler if you like. Please. Yeah. Fifty Friends. Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said the Wallace case is a non pare oh god <laughs> non non pareil that's not how you say that is it non it's N-O-N-P-A-R-E-I-L non pare it's French thank you non pare ah, non pare <laughs> Thank you very much. See, we've very intellectual audience. So he says it's the that of all murder mysteries. Non <laughs> pare. He says I call it the impossible murder because Wallace couldn't have done it, and neither could anyone else. The Wallace case is unbeatable. It will always be unbeatable. Wow. So, yeah. Could it be any more unbeatable? <laughs> <laughs> That was a nice way to end the case. Thank you. Um, yeah, raise your glasses to Paul William. Yeah, Wallace. cheers. Right, William. Yeah. My favourite part is that you still think he did it. You're like, bullshit. <laughs> so, That's so sad. It is really sad. Mm. I think, yeah, I think when we go to the afterlife, yeah. Yeah. Because like, there is an afterlife, okay. Yeah. When we go, I think we should find that prick and beat him up. Yeah, yeah. That's a a solid plan. In our boxer shorts. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll apologise. I'll apologise to William. I'll say, sorry, bruv. Sorry I doubted you. By the way, I kicked that prick's ass. (laughs) That's a heartwarming end. Restorative (laughs) justice in the afterlife. Um, So now we have got this Prosecco that... I'm not letting you win it, sorry. Um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they won't give me Prosecco. I'm not getting paid. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Just put a broom up my ass and I go around quickly as well, innit? <laughs> All right, well, no pressure on an audience member that's now got to fight you for this. But does anybody have any uh, crimes that they would like to tell us about? Or... Ooh, oh, we've got... Hands. Go on, it's Hannah. Like... Oh, wait, no, you, you choose, you I choose. Um, I, you're the nearest, hello. <laughs> Come on up. 
It's a long walk to the street. What, what is your name? My name's Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Sarah. Come Come on, up. What is your crime? And I'm going to sit down. Oh, I wish I had a scene. Can I take yours? Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> sit down. Come on, you sit down. <laughs> now this is unprecedented. <laughs> Okay, okay. It was a few years ago. An ex-boyfriend of I were living in London. Uh, and obviously living in London still, but living in London. We were walking back from a night out and we kind of like, you know, sort of stopped off at McDonald's before, gotten some, you know, fries and uh, <laughs> some uh, chicken Big nuggets, because okay. that's the fave. <laughs> Drinks? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the end of the night. So the end of the night. Gotcha. Going back, need some food before we go to sleep because that's good for carbs. And we're super close to a house, and I hear this screaming coming from the house next door. Oh no! Like, like blood curdling screaming from this, oh. like a woman, basically. So I call the cops, and it sounds really kind of terrifying right now. But so I call the cops, uh, and as I'm calling them, and I'm kind of describing to them like where this you know, the scream is coming from, etc. Um, a guy runs out of the house and he's shirtless, runs out of the house towards us and starts literally laying in to my boyfriend, my Whoa. ex-boyfriend, like laying into him. Oh, no. Like trying to punch him in the face, trying to get into him. I'm like narrating what's happening to the, to like, because it's called the cops. Oh, you're still on the phone. I'm well, still on the phone. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm basically narrating to the oh. cops what's happening as... I'm seeing my boyfriend kind of, try, you know, trying to fend off this man, this, like, very shirtless, sweaty man. And, um... Abs? Can we... Abs? Did he have any abs? <laughs> I can't visualise unless I get the whole thing. <laughs> no, no, no. It was quite... It was a bit of a belly. It's just, I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on, go on. Sorry, sorry. No, he wasn't a fit man. Um, so, he, <laughs> so, and, you know, I'm, like, literally, like, narrating this to the, 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 oh, the online no. caller. Uh, at some point, I don't know how, I'm like trying to get between them to like stop them from getting into this fight. I get punched in the face <gasps> by the guy, like Ooh. socked down, like I'm, I've fallen over. Um, I realize I'm like bleeding everywhere, but luckily we live like the police have already been alerted. We live like two minutes from the police station, so the police have shown up. In other words, you live in Chelsea, they come quick. <laughs> Call them in Hackney, they're like, are there any knives? Are there any guns? How many people? I'm like, bruv, they're dead! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, so the, the cops show up pretty quick, which I was pretty relieved about. They take the guy, you know, away pretty quickly. The police ask us if we want to make a statement, so I, I make a statement. Through all of this, my, my boyfriend still has his McDonald's, like, in his hand. <laughs> like, it's untouched. <laughs> Meanwhile, that I'm like... That is a man to have children with. <laughs> Like that. He is a Weird. protector. <laughs> no longer together, but um <laughs> I suppose he did like he if he could have stopped you getting smashed in the face. Yeah, he chose the McDonald's like, yeah, over really his girlfriend's did. nose. No, get rid. Get rid. Yes, no. All so, right, yeah, so what happened? So, like, we, so, uh, like, a few days later, the police called and just said that the woman who was screaming basically hadn't pressed charges against the guy. And they asked me if I wanted to press charges. I was like, well, I don't, like, can, is my statement still enough? Apparently my statement was still enough. So I was like, I don't want to press charges. That seems a bit intense. 
I'm already like quite an introverted person. I don't want to go through that. So we'll we'll have the statement, um, but we won't press charges. Now we did ask for a fun case. <laughs> I... That is intense. I mean, that it's is so terrifying. It feels a little bit like now we're like and some prosecco. Hey. <laughs> but I I, I it did end my night. I did I did end my night with still ahead my French fries and my my uh, chicken nuggets. So oh, it was nice. it was kind of okay. You'd have to. Oh well, so sorry that you yeah. experienced that. <laughs> but. Actually it was it was eight sixty-five. Wow. <laughs> it was eight sixty-five. Yeah, it was on offer. It would have been That's so specific. It, would, it was some kind of knock. Anyway, it was down from ten something. Woo! Um, <laughs> That's a quality shekel you're about to enjoy. All right. <laughs> we have just enough time. Fatia, what are you up to? What do you want to plug? Where can we find you next? As I said, I'm a comedian, uh, and I've made you laugh, so you know it's true. <laughs> oh, can we tell uh, them that so you've just won that award? You can. She's just won the award at the Le- what's it called? The Leicester. The Leicester Comedy Festival. Leicester Comedy Festival. <laughs> I'll get so shy. Thank you. I'll get shy. But I'm doing my I'm doing a work in progress at the moment and um I just do gigs everywhere. So if you want to come to my gigs, just um you can follow me and like basically I'm gonna go down these stairs and I'm gonna walk around. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just like Google me in it and you'll find me. You know what you're doing, innit? So just, they got, they're really they know French, they'll be able to find you. <laughs> but and thank you for having me. I've had a lovely time and these have all been lovely. Yeah. And so so have you. <laughs> Thank you for having. Thank you for having us. God, <laughs> more gin for me. Um, well, we're gonna end. We're gonna have an interval now. You've got about 15, 20 minutes. Get yourself a drink. Enjoy your twenty minutes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye! 